come in the morning. That is one big pile of shit. You talking to me? Hasta la vista, baby. Hello and welcome to Commando Prompt, a podcast where we review and examine action movies through a critical lens. I am one of Santa's little helpers, Ethan Willard. And I'm Johnny Gaynor. Are you are you Santa's helper? <laughs> Do you help Santa? <laughs> I help him in all his shows. This is now canonically a part partially a Christmas show. We live as it should be. We live and record at the North Pole. Oh my god, that would be something. <laughs> Can you imagine the reception? Oh. Um, today we are talking about 2017's Atomic Blonde, but before we do that, we, uh, a couple of housekeeping notes at the top here. Um, we at Commando Prompt Inc. Inc. Technically. Corp. LLC. LLC. Yeah. Commando Prompt Media. Media group. <laughs> Um, because I want to I want to emulate Logan Roy as much as possible from mm. Succession. You haven't have you seen that show? Love it. It you know you have seen that show. <laughs> no. I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna see how long I could fake it. This is coming from the person who told me beforehand that they just started watching The Wire and never yeah. heard of it. Twenty twenty two is The Wire. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we are making a little bit of structural changes. Um, in which. We are shout outs to friend of the show, Emmy. Do you yeah. ever do you know her social security number? Um I can definitely guess two mm, nah, I don't know. <laughs> um thank you very much, Emmy. She provided some really good feedback to our show. Appreciate um, it. We're gonna try and like here on out, we're gonna try and give you know, just some structure to the show. We've been kind of just like picking um, action movies, just kind of like not willy nilly, but just kind of like random, I guess. Getting our feet wet. Yeah. So I think we're from here on out. We're just gonna try. We're gonna have themes, monthly themes. Yes. Uh, and June's theme is going to be zombies. Good. Yes. Uh, in which we are starting with the newest. Resident Evil movie, which I believe is called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Welcome <laughs> to Trash Panda Town. Yeah, baby. Um, not sure what movie we'll do after that. Still running on a bi-weekly schedule, but yeah, we're going to do, we're going to try and do like uh, monthly themes to give some, you know, some cohesion to yeah. everything like that. Um, the next thing I wanted to bring up was I've been watching... Um, been watching a show called the dark side of the ring no which is a vice television show about basically how the wwe is awful oh gotcha, gotcha. um do you, do you ever watch wrestling no the the punk to pro wrestling pipeline i somehow avoided pretty thin yeah right there's a thin line there i somehow avoided it I, I i was with someone at one time where i could have went down that road i could have seen it yeah i didn't do it honestly good for you yeah. it's bad 
Um, no, same with me. Uh, I feel like we are predisposed to be into it because also like oh, Lancaster, yeah. PA, where yes. we're both from. Yeah. That's pro wrestling. They like country. wrestling. Yeah. Um, we went to high school with a somebody who does it now. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know who that is. I do know who it is. I don't know what his wrestling name is. I don't know his real name. If he has name. one. I don't know. Um, that's very funny. Yeah, no, Dark Side of the Ring, is a. it's like a show about uh, the problems with wrestling, not strictly wwe but a sure. lot about the wwe yeah a lot of it is bad yeah. vince mcmahon is a trash person oh yeah um <laughs> yeah. the politics of the wwe are terrible mm -hmm. a lot of people i was explaining to my wife today is like i don't understand why people wrestle because like the sheer volume of people who die from, from wrestling, wrestling is insane really i mean i'm not so i don't know why i'm acting so from <laughs> Either injuries from wrestling, mm. from drug issues, for, yeah. uh, uh, just because, like, the industry, I guess. I mean, the stress. you got to go out there in front of the fans. People involved in crime. It's, uh, like, a 365-day. There is no time off. Uh, it is extremely tense. you got to uh, look huge. Yeah. Whenever that takes. The oh, yeah. I mean, that the worst one that I watched was this guy, Chris Benoit. Have you heard of him? No. He murdered his wife and son and then killed himself <sighs> because, I mean, basically because of CTE. Yeah. Which is like the brain degenerative disorder from getting concussions over and over oh, and yeah, over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I brought this up because I thought I'd like to catch you off guard, baby. Oh, you got me. I mean, um, what better action than the WWE? Honestly, and, kind of, yeah. And CTE. <laughs> it's very interesting to see, like, these movies that we watch and, like, the very real impacts that that can be wrought when you're getting hit in the head over oh, and over yeah. and over. <laughs> Nobody shows what happens to, like, you know, the guy that gets beat on. Yeah, and I, I know that, like, I know, like, Tim and Eric's one of their biggest influences, <laughs> like Andy Kaufman, oh, and yeah. he was really into wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, there's this whole thing about wrestling where you don't know where their persona starts and ends. Yep. So it's it's interesting to me yeah. from I mean, like a comedic standpoint. A kind lot of, of. The, yeah, a lot of the comedy we like. Yeah. When does the bit stop? Yeah, which is stressful. <laughs> it's always stressful. <laughs> And finally, last thing I wanted to bring up, things that we're doing now, I did this last time, I'm going to pose to you an action question. Oh, hit me. Last time we asked what our call signs would be <laughs> if we flow, you said Mr. Man. <laughs> Mr. Man, he's, you know, he's Santa's little helper. With two ends, I yeah. guess he's Santa's helper, yeah. I don't know. Uh, this question is, because of our next month, in the zombie apocalypse, what would your weapon of choice be? <sighs> that's a really good question. You know, I want to immediately go with my head. You know, I want to say... Like I, your actual head? <laughs> no, you know, you want to use... Oh, the, like thinking. You want to use your brains. Got Everyone it. wants to grab the gun. Everyone wants to grab the knife. I thought you were going to, like, headbutt. No, I'm going to outthink them. I'm going to challenge them to logic, to puzzles, to... Zombies. Like, zo yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... No, um, my real weapon of choice. And you gotta turn it up. Oh right, 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 right. Because <laughs> <Turn it up. 
cutting it off really early. So. <laughs> Real weapon of choice? And I've I've honestly thought about this before. Um, it really depends on where you're set up, but I would have a lot of lawn weapons. Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. talking about where I'm set up. Yeah. I hope I never have to actually physically interact with the zombie. I've got tripwires. I've got logs falling down from... Like shears. Shears. I've got... Uh, booby nets or booby traps. Booby nets. <laughs> That's the one. Yep. <laughs> they're, they're, I'm getting them all strung up by the their ankles and whatnot. Yeah. I never even touch them. That's my weapon of choice. That's. I would be the guy that's prepping and planning. That's really creative. Have you ever thought about like where you'd go? Yeah, probably north. Just anywhere you are, you just go north. Well, you look at the map. You <laughs> think about <laughs> population density. And realistically, if I only had so many hours or days, you could get to the Catskills from here. Yeah, like if you go up in the mountains. Yeah, I'd go it's north. not a bad bet. Yeah. Poconos. That's actually like a really good instinct. Mo- I would I would hope. Most of the book, like uh, World War Z, the book, a lot of folks survive up north. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that just seems like it would be helpful. Zombies it's probably not, not as, like the cold. It's not as populated. Yeah, um, yeah that's probably the yeah less real. likely to be. It's just getting up there would be a problem. Well, the realistic nature, yeah. What's the shit show trying to get out of Dodge or whatever the saying is? I I live in the city, so they're probably man. That's fucked. a that's a really good answer. What about you? <sighs> Weapon of choice first. Then where would you go? Weapon of choice. Is a sniper rifle. Oh yeah. Um, so you're keeping your distance too. Yeah, I've only I've always been that. Like whenever I played video games, I always really like using a sniper rifle. I don't know why. Well, yeah, it's fun to s- stake out. Yeah. Um. Like back in the Halo Two days, I always like went straight for the sniper rifle. Yeah. But also the Halo sniper rifle is like uniquely feels really good yeah. to use. I like the little HUD. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um as and then for a melee weapon, I really like hammers. <laughs> I really like it when What size? I really like in like uh Game of Thrones. Um Who the fuck is the Do you ever watch Game of Thrones? It, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that came out like the 90s, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a... I fucking forget his name. Thor? King Robert, I think his name is. Sure. Um, he uses a great hammer. Oh, yeah. And I've always thought in, like, fantasy settings that great hammers are really cool. Hmm. So maybe not that big, because I'm not strong enough. But, like, a little hammer. Yeah. I could see it. You could, you know, you got the hook part. Oh, yeah. Get him in the head. Get him in the head. And then you got the blunt part. And pop him. Yeah. Where I'd go, man, I've thought about this a lot. My my instinct is to hunker down, just like you. Go down? No, just, like, stay where you are. That, too, yeah. Um, And, yeah, like, set up my property to just be, like, a death trap. Yeah. It seems the most realistic. I mean, most realistic, I'm just going to die. Sure. I'm probably going to do something dumb. I keep realizing about myself, um, like what happened with Laura on Saturday. My, uh, yeah. To the listeners, my wife dislocated her shoulder yes. on Sunday. And I keep finding out about myself in moments of emergency. Mm. There's fight or flight, 
And I always freeze. <laughs> freeze? You choose the middle ground. <laughs> like 100% of the time. <laughs> you choose to stay put. I mean, sometimes that's the safest route. Dude, my mind just shuts the fuck off. Sometimes you need that. And then, like, she'll yell at me, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Then you're back in. Yeah. So, if she dies in the zombie apocalypse, then I'm fucked for you're sure. frozen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> This is a fun button. It's the best one. Today, again, we are talking about 2017's uh, Atomic Blonde, a uh, a movie directed by David Leach. L- I think that's how you pronounce his name. Liked, liked, li- yeah, Leach liked. Um, he was uh, he wasn't credited, but he was one of the co-directors on the original John Wick. Right. Um, I don't know why he wasn't credited. I don't know. And yeah, when you everywhere I've read it, it does not say it's just like But he did co-direct it. Right, right. Um and the guy that he co-directed with, uh they have a action stunt production company. Yeah. Um called 87 what is it called? 87 something. Uh it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh yeah, so they um, so I mean like 8711 got it um, so I, him and him and Chad Stileski yeah um, they co-directed John Wick together he was supposed to stay on uh, for John Wick 2 but Charlize Theron the the um, the starring actor of Atomic Blonde uh, convinced him to come on to this movie mm. to solo direct, and also his first technically credited solo yes. directing job. Yeah. Um, um, John Wick, I guess, doesn't technically count because he was co-directing. Right. Um, and uh, beyond that, he's actually he directed one of my favorite movies last year, if not my favorite movie, Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Mm. Excellent, excellent movie. I thought you were gonna say Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, that, I've heard bad <laughs> things about that movie. But yes, he directed Hobbs and Shaw. He directed uh, Deadpool 2, which yeah. I haven't watched. I, Deadpool was... It's fine. It's very... Over the... It's just like... Marvel humor is such a thing. <laughs> and it has permeated throughout, uh, like, everything. Did it all coalesce into Deadpool? Yeah, uh, kind of. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, we get to be rated R? So yeah, let's just be that version. F words and S words. Yeah, um, frogs and frogs and snakes. snakes. <laughs> um, written. Uh, this movie was written by uh, Kurt, or I guess the screenplay was Kurt Johnston. It is based off the graphic novel by uh, Anthony Johnston and Sam Hart. Uh, the graphic novel was called The Coldest City which was in 2012. I like that. Um, <coughs> Kurt Johnston, was looking through his screenplay, he did 300. Mm-hmm. He did the follow-up to 300, Rise of the Empire, or whatever the fuck that was called, <laughs> um, and then, like, this movie. So, like, you know, I think he's just kind of like a person that comes in and, like, punch, punches up uh, works and gotcha. things like that. Yeah, um, yeah so... 
like I said before, the cast, main character, Charlize Theron, she plays Lorraine Broughton. She is an MI6 agent uh, that is uh, going undercover. This movie is set in 1989 uh, Berlin, basically the whole movie. It is days before the wall coming down. Yes. Very interesting. I did not know that about this movie when, when we decided to watch it. Oh, I knew nothing about it. Yeah. So that was... That was fun. When it opened with Ronald Reagan, yeah. I was like, oh, boy. Uh, but then it was... I was like, okay, this movie, it knows what it's doing with its setting. Yeah. Um... James McAvoy as Dave uh, David Percival, John Goodman as Emmett uh, Kerfeld, mm-hmm. who is like a he's like a CIA yeah, guy, US CIA guy. Uh, Eddie Marson as the as Spyglass, which is the Russian defector. Sophia Butella as Delphine Lasalle, which is uh, the French operative in the movie, and then just like kind of some. Uh, ancillary character Toby Jones as Eric Gray who's the person that is interviewing Charlize uh, James Faulkner as C which is like the bald headed dude behind the window and then mm. Bill Skarsgård as Merkel and if you have you think you've seen Bill Skarsgård it's because you have he played Pennywise in It in the in the reboot of It uh, and he was in uh, last uh, 2022's Arguably best movie of the year, Barbarian. Right, right. Um, that movie is fucking incredible. Yes, it's a really good movie. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that movie fucking whips. That's really good. From front to back. Uh, did you have any production things you wanted to bring up quickly? Uh, on the production side? Not so much this time. I really just focused on more or less the story. Um, and it's a good one. It's good. Yeah. Um, some other production note. Yeah, this was a this was a passion project for Charlize Theron. She got the she got the uh, the script, uh, and she really really liked it. She got the script before the graphic novel was published, so she oh, got an uh, unpublished uh, version of the graphic novel sent to her production company, and she really really liked it, um, and she wanted to do it. Um, the bisexual subplot of the movie was not a part of the original graphic novel. Interesting. And I thought that it was really cool. Yeah. No, I'm glad they kept it in or added it in. Yeah. Um, and one thing I wrote here that says in her Wikipedia, Charlie Saran had eight personal trainers. Oh, yeah, for the action. For this movie. <laughs> yeah. Keanu Reeves being one of them. Yeah. Yes, she like trained besides Keanu Reeves because John Wick Two was like filming at the right, same time, right. um, and so they could became buddies. She said, and I quote, "I puked every single day." Yep, yep. <laughs> Cl- breaking her teeth while clenching her jaw, which is like, I mean, we'll get to it. There's oh, one yeah. action scene in this movie that is like unbelievable. Yeah, she gets. But, like, you didn't have to do all that to yourself. No. I get it. I mean, she's, like, one of the greats. Like, she's up there. Oh, yeah. Um, I love her. I'm a big I'm a big Theron head. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I actually like most of the people in this movie. James McAvoy I really like. John yep. Goodman, obviously. Yep. yep. Classics. Um, Toby, nope. jo- Toby Jones, who I call in my notes the little worm. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunate head. I'm just going to come out and say 
The dude has a really unfortunate looking head, and I am not familiar with him. He plays like a really good, like bureaucratic character. A bureaucratic worm. Yeah, yeah. he was in um a uh, Jean Le Car adaptation, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That is really good, where he also plays a little worm. A little worm, literally. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> just like he does it so well, where he plays like a just a really snotty bureaucratic yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, John Goodman, James McAvoy, it's a really good, those people really stand out the most and yeah. I mean, they're the main characters, but really good cast. I guess the only other production note I had was that David Bowie, I mean, we'll get into the music for sure. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. But David Bowie was supposed to be in the movie somehow. They offered him, they uh, they wanted him to be in the movie. He actually turned it down right before he died. Oh, I didn't know if it was because he died. No, he uh, he did turn it down, and then shortly thereafter, he passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that would have been really cool. Yeah. David Bowie's actually, like, a pretty fucking good actor. Oh, yeah. If you've seen him and stuff. Yeah, yep, yep. And especially, again, the music's so front and central. Yeah. Film. I'm going to be... I'm going to be hitting on the music like over and over again. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, yeah. The How did you feel about the movie? Overall, very fun. Yes. And I, I said after watching it, like, I don't know why. It, and I was saying to you, like, it just doesn't feel like movies are that fun sometimes mm-hmm. anymore. This is a fun movie to watch. It was just fun. Like, it felt breezy. Breezy, easy. Even though it has to do with the fall of like the communist presidents and pre- president presence presidents. in Berlin yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, heavy. I mean, it doesn't have to do with it, but it is like a backdrop. Yeah, there's a lot of blood and and fighting, but there's something probably the music, the imagery of Berlin at that time. Yeah, it was fun. I really liked how it paired the kind of like when you watch a lot of like british spy dramas they're very drab Mm, they're very to the point they're also like they're they are buttoned up Mm -hmm. um there isn't much like in the muck with it and i really liked the comparison between the like the kind of like british spy drama of it all and then like the tone the tone of it which is like all the fonts are neon colors uh the main character herself just stark blonde hair um and she's she's like i kept writing my notes like banger after banger outfit oh yeah, yeah like amazing outfits yeah um and she just like it was it was really cool to kind of see like this like punk rock levity brought to mm-hmm. the British spy drama, right? And the punk rock essence of Berlin at that time. Oh yeah, the music, the the downright sort of tood that the citizens have. All of it's very yeah, just a lot more energy. It made me very excited to go to Berlin later this year because oh, I right. don't. Uh, I don't know that much about it to be honest. Yeah. I know that it's I know that Berlin is very important for like the punk scene and also the electronic scene. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I uh I'm I I I don't really like the 80s. <laughs> um 
A lot of the music I don't like, the aesthetics I don't Interesting, like. Interesting, but you like this movie. Yeah, I liked it because it showcases music from the 80s that I actually do like, which is a lot of post-punk, oh, sure. new wave yeah. m- music that was incredibly influential for the time, and folks don't talk about it as much as I feel like they mm. should. Like, you see, like, things like Stranger Things, where they're showing, like, The Clash and things like that, which are, Clash is great, um, but they're not showing, like, you know, the joy divisions of the world and, and things like that. Right. Um, which I think are just as important. Oh, yeah. Um, I really like the music. That's really good. I liked it, too. I have one critical comment, but we'll get to it. Hit me with it, baby. Slap I, that shit over my head. I thought the the general flow, especially towards the beginning of the film, it felt like they got the rights to a lot of popular, good 80s songs. Yep, yep, and then yep. they felt like they had to use the songs. And yep. then there's a lot of like filler footage. Yeah. It, it also felt <laughs> like sometimes the song was too upfront. Like instead of the character or the story or anything, it's just like we're showcasing this New Order song. It also felt like some of the songs were just covers. That too. Yeah, I guess maybe a lot were. I don't know. So or I think some of them were in like the in back half. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah, the one is a... Um, yeah, it's a cover. I can't think of who. I can't... Yeah, I don't have the track listing offhand, but... Yes, right. I completely agree. With Sometimes it was a little much. It, yeah. It'll just be, you know, her walking around and... It goes on and on a little bit longer than it needs to because it feels like they're filling it in because they need to play the whole song or something. Yeah, uh, the movie definitely revels in its style. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, it's a good style. Like, I liked it. I liked it. It was just a little like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. No, yeah. I can can get behind that. Um, Yeah, so like we said... This movie starts in like 19, 1989, literally starts with Ronald Reagan saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Whoa. Like it, it, it's, uh, it does not, uh, it does not leave any kind of imagination to the historical setting. No. Um, and like, I mean, it's, uh, it very much is like kind of at its core, a traditional spy drama. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Just with some really bonkers action scenes. Yeah. Overall, like what I liked about the movie had very little to do with the general narrative structure. Yeah. There wasn't anything that new about it. Somebody has a secret. Yeah. I got to go get that secret. Yeah. There's problems. About I saw the twist secret. coming from like the middle of the movie. Yeah. Um, I was not surprised about it at all. Um, apparently, there's like there will potentially be an Atomic Blonde two. Yep, that's in production, I guess. And it potentially will take place within the John Wick universe. Oh my god! Which is like <laughs> they're trying to do that now with John Wick four, which I get. I mean, the John yep. Wick universe is very interesting. It's getting big. People love it's it. Huge, yeah. yeah. The first movie I think was like on a budget of like 39 million and, and like th- it just keeps going up and up yeah. and up. Um, and Keanu Reeves deserves it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good. I like him. But besides the point, so this movie does share a lot of DNA as far as like the tone. As far as the action choreography, 
a couple things to note about David Leach is what he was he was a stunt coordinator right before like, he was ever you know anything else in Hollywood he yeah, was a, he's he was familiar with the punches yeah he was a stunt double for a while him and Chad uh, Stileski Stalski the guy who he co-directed uh, John Wick with who eventually formed 8711. So they've been consulting on a lot of movies for a while before they got behind the 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 camera. And now you see, because of John Wick, because they did that, they've now kind of... They've kind of ushered in this new wave of, you know, long-time stunt people directing their own action movies, which I think is fucking cool. That is cool. I mean, who better to do it? I know, and and it does add, like, I alluded to it before, but there is an action scene in this movie that is insane. Yeah. Um, And we'll get there, but, yeah, I mean, they really do have, like, a sharp eye for how to make action feel believable, how to make it feel crunchy and, like, gross. And also, I think the reason why John Wick resonated with so many people was because, you know, beforehand, if you were to watch, like, GoldenEye or things like that, like, he had a level of plot armor where you're like, this motherfucker ain't gonna (laughs) die. But John Wick got beat to shit. Yep, yep, yep. It reminds me again of The Raid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why every action movie has to come back to the raid. Because but it's that good. <laughs> it's the same kind of action that gives back and forth, like you're saying. It's a, a vulnerable hero. Yeah. Not emotionally. I he, mean, that's true, too. He but can be hurt. Yes. Yeah. It's just a, just a person. Uh, and same thing goes for Charlize. Oh, yeah. Even uh, more so in this. And, yeah, Lorraine in this movie, like... I mean, they open with literally her body and like tatters. Yep, yep. <laughs> she's in this big ice bath, um, and she's not doing good. Nope. I mean, we see all these bruises on her. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking uh, vodka and ice. Yeah, and she's just like, she. I mean, looking great, Charlie's. You're looking good. Good job. If you're listening to this podcast, we'd love to have you hey, on. Hey, hit us up. Like anyway. for real. Um, but yeah, so that movie, uh, it, it starts with her, uh, in this, in this bit. Well, the movie starts with, uh, this guy named James Gascoigne who is running away from somebody. We don't know who ends up being a KGB operative operative who kills him. We don't know why. Uh, and then I was like, when I knew that I was going to like this movie, was when uh, Lorraine is brought into this interrogation scene with this MI6 guy and John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole movie is her retelling. Yes. And I love this type of like narrative. The flashback. Yeah. Flip flop. I like that stuff. It's fun. Yeah. And you can see all the tension and things and she clearly doesn't work for anybody or that's her attitude. And yes. So She's very mad. Oh, yeah, something happened. Yeah. And there are plenty of reasons you could kind of intimate as to why she is mad. I will say they do a pretty good job to misdirect you. Yeah. Even though I saw the twist coming. Yeah. Um, her motivation, I guess, is hard to see coming. 
Mm. Um, the ending, I mean, we'll get there. The ending kind of was like, eh. <laughs> I felt a little iffy about it, but yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, so she is, uh, the whole movie is her kind of retelling. She, she's in a debriefing. She's talking about this Berlin job. The reason why she was sent to Berlin uh, was because she was supposed to meet the MI6's st- uh, station, like, director, I guess, the Berlin station director, which is James McAvoy's character, um, because he, uh, his contact at the KGB wanted to defect, and he had a microfilm of all of the uh all of the undercover operatives on both sides so kgb mi6 cia every side everybody was undercover so that's why at the beginning of the movie uh, that guy james gascoigne dies because i think he originally has it in his watch in a watch yeah so he gets like a microfilm right yep Shoots him and he says, "Give me that watch." Yeah, and so that guy, that Russian dude, wants to sell it, right, uh, for a lot of money. He doesn't even necessarily like even care about the KGB, even though he is KGB. Right. And this dude, Spyglass, who is uh, James McAvoy's contact. And what a name! I know. <laughs> Why would your name be Spyglass? Well, that's I guess that's his code name, right? Right, but that kind of gives it away. What I you know. Do. <laughs> Um, a little wormy looking guy too i really like this movie kind of has an slc punk sheen over it which i really enjoyed yeah um and like that really comes through when it opens up on james mcavoy just kind of like in this fucking like busted out garage yeah Yeah, with a big fur coat nothing on underneath (laughs) like shaved head just looking like he's in a fucking screamo band and he does such a like he really plays like the foaming at the mouth freak really well. He really, yeah. I like James McAvoy. I lo- I think he's a great, yeah, a great actor. You just recently watched Atonement with him, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Not quite the same role. No, he does not like at all. Foaming at the mouth, freak. What he did? What he foaming at the mouth in that movie? <laughs> oh, something about sex. Oh my god. Yeah. Speaking of which. This oh. is a commando prompt first. We're going to have to talk about a, 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 a sex scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be uncomfortable. Oh, boy. Um, Watch out. God, I just am thinking about that sex scene. I forgot where I left off. Uh, we're, we're introduced to James, I guess. You know, she... Well, not, no, not even close. <laughs> To David, right? David? Yeah. That's where we were. We were introduced to David. Um, he kind of has this brief scene with Spyglass at the bar. Right. Where Spyglass is like, kind of like, you need to get me out. Right. Uh, I gave you information. You take me across the border. Yeah. He's trying to get uh, um, cross sides of, of Berlin. And I always get this wrong. West Berlin was the okay one? Yeah. West Berlin is a part of even literally and politically the west yeah. east berlin is occupied by soviet Got russia it. i always for some reason confuse it hey you know left right yeah east west that's true um so we're intru- yeah we're we're showing that character uh uh james uh david's character sorry james playing david yeah. uh is like he's like pretty like tuned up he's like 
you can't really tell that this dude is the head of the fucking MI. mi6 within berlin they say he went fully native yeah because which is that's a weird thing to <laughs> it's say not quite right um he uh he's this is like he's like he's very on edge he's been he considers berlin his home right more or less and charlize is sent there lorraine is sent there to basically facilitate david getting this list of operatives because if it were to fall into anybody's hands i mean that they just basically have a grocery list of people that are spying on them yeah. at that point and they say that it could extend the cold war by a decade yeah so yeah there is also like this kind of interesting undercurrent of like you know this is kind of at the tail end of the cold war yeah um which is also something like an era that I'm a sucker for. Mm, One of my favorite mm. shows is The Americans, mm. um, which is about the Cold War, more or less. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Spyglass, uh, they're also worried about a operative known only as Satchel. Oh, that's right. Which is a double agent. Which big, is big part of the film. Yes. They don't know who it is. They want Lorraine, if she can, figure out who this satchel is. When she gets to Berlin, this guy who I mentioned before, C, which is kind of like a play off of M from, uh, I was going to say Lord of the Rings, not Lord of the Rings, James <laughs> Bond. Uh, <laughs> um, he's like, get the list, and if you can find out who Satchel is, all the better, more or less. Satchel is a, uh, uh, they think is an MI6 double agent. Double agent, yeah. Um, for the KGB. We're, br- we're briefly introduced to this guy named Bremovich, who is a, some sort of law enforcement on the East. And the way we're introduced to him is he, like... <laughs> He breaks up again. This like skate park party. Oh my! God. Um, and on the on they have like a little boombox that they're playing ninety nine lift balloons yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, and he just beats the shit out of this one dude for no reason with his skateboard. With his skateboard, I guess to just like scare him and try and get information because for some reason these guys know about. Spyglass? Yeah, he says Spyglass was at the party last night. Yeah. Which is where he met with David. Yes, which is, again, why did you pick the name Spyglass? (laughs) That's just giving it away. (laughs) But yeah, they beat him up to 99 Luftballoons. Again, another time where, like, I appreciate the song. I appreciate the action, but it, it just goes on while the song is playing in a way that just feels like they're just playing it they're just doing it to play the song. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I do like the scene. It's that weird contrast of like a really poppy, fun, friendly song while this guy is brutally getting beat. Yeah. With the skateboard. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then like... He does know. make him break dance right before. It's pretty cool. Oh my God. I forgot about that. That he does is, like a half spin. That is just so mean. <laughs> he like he like stops him in the middle of it. Yeah. It's like, at least let him. Let him do a full spin. Let him do a full spin. <laughs> uh, yeah, we kind of uh, we go back to um, Lorraine uh, landing in 
Well, after after she met with uh, what's his face C and uh, kind of get got the lowdown on what she's supposed to do, she's picked up at the airport by these people that she assumes are MI6, but are not MI6. Yeah. Yeah. David was supposed to meet her there, but he was. He is too busy being fucking cool as hell. Partying. Too Partying. Hard. He's like with two girls. Oh, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I'm a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> it, again, remarkable to me that they pick this man to right. head up the Berlin office, right. but whatever. Um, that's kind of like the only problem I have with the movie, to be honest. That and the fact that like him chilling in Berlin just changes you so drastically. Apparently, like, yeah, I gotta party all night. I yeah. gotta fuck. I gotta do this and that. He says later that <laughs> she says uh, she compares his haircut to like Sinead O'Connor yeah. haircut, and he says he did it to blend, to blend in. in. I mean, Eastern European like kind of get it. Rave culture had a lot of shaved sure. heads. Sure, sure, but. It, like anyone's gonna like you're gonna stick out if your hair's a little long. What was your haircut before this? Right, <laughs> really long dreadlocks. <laughs> I, had to sh- I had to shave, man. <laughs> I stuck out. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So we get <coughs> our first kind of our first action scene with Lorraine um, in this car. Or she immediately, like, she doesn't have any problem clocking these two guys in the car with her, like, uh, being, I think, KGB. Yeah. Um, she does this cool move where she takes off her heel. Yeah, and, like, stabs him with it. Yeah, like, hit, hit, hits the dude next to her. Um, all while I'm pretty sure George Michael's father figure is playing. Ooh. If I remember correctly. I forget what it is, but it's on the radio, and it basically... No, it's not... George Michael doesn't play in this scene. No. It plays in a different scene that I will explain soon. Um, I forget what the song plays where she's in the car. I do, too. Also... Oh, we'll get there. I'm gonna... This is all gonna come full circle in a second. Uh, but she's able to, like really handily beat the shit out of these guys oh yeah get the car to pull over david pulls up right behind her and is like oh here i am yep it's like man you really uh mess this one up she's like uh take me to the coroner's uh the coroner because like another part of her mission here is also to identify the body of james Mm -hmm. gascoigne because he was an mi6 agent yep and i think bring him across right or like take him back somehow bring him home and katarina jones shows up mm-hmm, that's right from, from 12, 12 monkeys, monkeys baby <laughs> i didn't even put that together yeah dude barbara sukawa i think her name is is she german she is german makes sense yeah uh has like the tiniest part yeah. Um, but. That's funny. I wrote in my notes, Katarina! <laughs> there she is. Um, wow, it all comes back to 12 Monkeys. I was very, yeah, I was very psyched. That's about cool. That, because, like, before 12 Monkeys, I'd never seen no, her in anything. No, no. <laughs> um, and we're talking about 12 Monkeys, the show. Yes. Please. Yes. Please. Not the movie. <laughs> um, 2015's excellent show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they won't let her take. Um, 
take him back. Something, some bullshit reason about her papers as like yeah, isn't really real. And also, she was banking on that mm. because she, it's she wanted to stay longer than they wanted her to be there for. Right, right. Because she's got In some business tensions that we don't know yet. Right. She finds the coolest fucking hotel. Oh yeah, what like why and where is she staying? <laughs> like very cool. Just neon. Yeah. This movie is almost cyberpunky. It is, and it's the mix of blues and reds. Yes. Like, I made a lot yeah. of notes. Like you talked about the opening scene where she starts in like an ice bath, mm-hmm. and that apartment or hotel or wherever she's staying, super blue. Mm-hmm. This feeling of. Not only is she black and blue, like, from bruises and whatnot. Yeah. There's this feeling of down. And then when the action's on and things like that, you have hot pinks, hot red. It's just contrast back and forth between blue and red. And then, yeah, this hotel has both. This mix of, like, hot and cold. Everything is neon. I think the bed is lined with neon lights. Yeah. Like, her, uh, her, like, bathroom is all in, like, blue. Yeah. And I think it really does Berlin justice because this is a country that, I mean, according to my wife, prides itself on. It's like it's dance culture. It's nightclub culture, like just it's a night scene in general, Mm -hmm. Uh, just like it's devotion to not even punk rock music, but just punk rock as a culture. Yeah, I think. Mm hmm. you know, it's a very, you know, especially in this era, it's a very, like, rebellious time. A lot of angst, time. yeah. Um, a lot of good music coming out, a lot of angry music coming out. Yeah, um, yeah and I think, like, the neon uh, everywhere, it, it, be it the font, be it the hotel room or the nightclubs that she goes to, really kind of, like, emulates that in a really cool way. And again, positions the stuffy british spy drama really nicely yeah um so she's she's like she's in her she's in her room she's getting settled um again outfits just like fucking she's got like banger after banger outfit looking travel with these that's what i was thinking i was like as a spy i was like god damn lady uh, and even at one point <laughs> later on in the film, she literally says, I should have worn a different yep, outfit. Yep, yep. I'm like, I really love her devotion to fashion. To thinking about, like, she's going to own it. Yeah. I, I, I really like, I really liked how this was, this movie was kind of like, it felt to me in a lot of ways, like a response to James Bond mm-hmm. in that, like you have this fucking guy who for literal decades has been in this, these movies where he's just like, having sex with a ton of women and like killing people indiscriminately and all that stuff. Now you've have this woman who is kind of also like sex positive. I would not call James Bond sex positive at all. (laughs) I would call her like, like visualizing sexuality in a really positive way in a really cool way. Yeah. And also her just owning, like, being a woman in yeah. a obviously more than male-driven industry, yeah. whether that's crime or policing crime. Like, she is 
doing it her own way and owning it. Yeah. Owns it with her sexuality as well. So. I don't think there's ever, like, really a moment in the movie where she doubts herself. No. Or it doesn't seem like it. Mm, yeah. There's, really. like, a couple moments. Maybe. We'll get to those. Speaking of which, good old David comes in. Yeah. Uh, she, like, registers that there's somebody in her room. She, like, flips him on his back and is... Like what? What are you doing here, my guy? Uh, he says this line that is like, "If I wanted to follow you, you would never know it." Right. Which is foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Big time. Uh, so she decides to, after this kind of whole interaction, she doesn't trust. Obviously, why would you, David, at all? Um, and so she decides to go to uh, where James Gascoigne was living. Um, and she finds it, like, completely overturned. Um, and this is when George Michael plays. Yes. Father figure father plays. Figure. Uh, David calls the cops on her. Right. Or at least it's she thinks that he did, and I, it's never argued against that he didn't. Um, and we have this really cool fight scene where uh, George Michael's father figure is playing while she beats the shit beats out of these Berlin cops. Again, love the song. Sometimes they just feel a little too, not cheesy. Yeah. But it's a great action scene nonetheless. There's a, there's a really good... Um, have you heard of the video game Forspoken? No. I'm going to bring this together, I promise. Um, this game was... We were talking about like the MCU dialogue yeah. and the jokes and things like that. A lot of problems people have with the MCU, myself included. A lot of the jokes and a lot of the attitudes in those movies, like those people are like constantly making jokes about their surroundings. Like, oh my God, it's an alien invasion. Like that type of thing. Mm. Where they're not really taking it seriously. Right, right. And in this game, Forspoken, it's like this woman is dragged into this fantasy world. And like the whole time she's just like joking, joking, joking. She's mm -hmm. not taking the world seriously. Uh, and this, uh, this guy, Austin Walker, who used to... Uh, he used to work for Giant Bomb, then uh, Vice, and now he's working at his own uh, at a video game production company. He was saying, like, if you're not going to take your world seriously, why should I? Right. And so, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, when you have music coming on like this, it kind of, uh -huh. it kind of dampens that she is yes. in a place that is really politically charged at the moment yes no that's a really really good point and i don't mean to just keep bringing it up and harping on every time there's a hit song i'm like okay yeah if it's done well sure and i'm and at the end of the day what i think is fun about this movie is a part of that yeah like i don't want them not to yeah it does feel a little weird that she's just like beating the shit out of yeah. these cops not that i'm trying to defend the cops or anything like that. It's just like... And she's not using, at least at this point, and she doesn't for a while, she's not using lethal, lethal force. Right. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, she just incapacitates Yes. Like, one of them, I would argue, she kills. Right. <laughs> because she does this thing where she, like, ties a rope around a dude's neck and uses him as, it's like, like, a weight yeah, <laughs> to yeah. jump off a balcony. It's like, that had to have killed him. <laughs> 
There's no way. <laughs> and then when she lands, she lands and like these two cops come behind her and then she puts like her little scarf over her yeah, face. To, like hide her. And face. I wrote in my notes, you're covering your face now? Yeah, I have no idea why she does that. Made no sense to me. But just to comment on the fall, like when she jumps, uses this man as a weight, you know, repels down from his body from this rope. Yeah. Uh, that's another, just a quick note about how that action plays out. She like tumbles to the ground, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's just like this little tiny details of like vulnerability again, where she looks hurt. Yeah. It's not second. like, it's not like perfect. She doesn't float down all cat, like James Bond again, constantly. Did he ever get hurt? Like barely. But this idea that like, I don't know, she can die. Yeah. I mean, especially, like, the Pierce Brosnan era of James Bond, he was, like... Invincible. He was basically a superhero. Right. And I think that's why, with Daniel Craig, the Daniel Craig era, they kind of rebooted it to be, like, oh, no, James Bond can be hurt. Right. Um, Which I think helped. Yeah. Uh, Because at the end of the Brosnan era, I think James Bond was in a pretty bad way. Sure. And I think that's why action movies have started doing that. Like, these guys aren't invincible. Right. They can die. Which, yeah, that's a really good point. She does do that, like, little stumble. Uh, Well, every once in a while in these fight scenes, she just, you see this choreography where she's not walking away unscathed. Yeah. Uh, And then right after this, She's, like, dressed in the nines, going to this bar. Um, uh, again, another banger outfit. We should mention, before all this, when she lands in Berlin, uh, there is, like, you see this woman kind of, like, taking fo- uh, pictures of her and yeah. kind of clocking her, and that's the French agent that we're going to get yes. to, um, who we're about to be introduced to in this scene, uh, where she's at this bar, and then she talks to Bremovich. Yeah. And they have this little exchange where Bremovich is like, just just tell me what you know. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and then uh, this, uh, this you know, the French, the French girl, Delphine, uh, comes up and kind of like Switch gets him to away. go away. Yeah. Um, and this is where we kind of start to get the first glimpses that, you know, she queer. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have a good time. They she here, she queer, she in the clear. She's in the clear. <laughs> um, well, she's not in the clear yet, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so now, kind of after she has this, like, little cute scene, um, she, she has to go, she has to go to the east side. Yes. Um, why does she have to go to the east side again? Hmm. <laughs> um. I forget. She wants to work with Delphine. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So she goes to the east for reasons. Well, they have to eventually bring Spyglass to Yes, yeah, they, yeah, I think she, uh, she... Oh, I remember why. She goes to the East to meet her contact, Merkel. Ah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Pennywise himself. Yes. Uh, because, like... And he's the watchmaker. No, no, no. Nope. Merkel is the young guy on the roof. Uh. Yeah. 
Yeah, who has kind of like this underbelly of operatives right, who right. it's kind of intimated that he's not with any kind of organiza- right. organization. She's, he's just kind of like a... He's just doing his thing. Yeah, he's just kind of like a counterintelligence person that she's developed right. over time. Right. Um, he's really cool. Um, I really I really liked his character. I kind see of the Pennywise face now. Yeah. yeah. Holly boy. I see it now. Um... And so yeah, so she goes uh, she goes over to East Berlin to meet up with him because I think in the grand scheme of things what I like about her is that she always has you can always tell that she has some sort of end game in her back pocket. Yeah. Um she obviously doesn't trust uh David. Yep. Um for good reason. Um and so she just wants to make sure that, you know, she has she has things covered if things go bad. Mm-hmm. And Unfortunately, they do go bad mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Um, but she is at least moderately prepared. Um, so she goes, and we get this kind of really cool shot where she's in like this museum slash theater thing, where she has some. Uh, she has a fight um, with some KGB guys really oh, quickly, yeah. but she does escape. Yeah. Like she gets in a small scuffle. She almost gets. They almost get the upper hand on her, but she does like kind of squirrel her way out of there. Yeah. Um, and she meets up with uh, with Merkel, and they uh, they kind of start discussing, uh, you know, what they're gonna do um, with Spyglass, like how that whole thing is going. It, and I think she also kind of like probes him for information on David. Um, they uh, she then goes to a nightclub because when she was at the bar the night prior delphine was like i'm gonna be at this nightclub if you wanna yeah come check it out and again her being on her own thing like she really goes off and not trust but we'll we'll divulge into like yeah i'll check out that club Yeah, yeah i'll trust you enough to like go to these vulnerable busy places in a seemingly dangerous city for her to be in <laughs> but in a way that seems like she has no like she knows it's dangerous but whatever because the same thing when she's picked up when she first lands in berlin she's handed a card by the driver who is kbg yeah and says you should te- you should get a drink at this club yes yes and then yes. she later goes to that club yeah <laughs> why <laughs> i think it kind of humanizes her a well, little yeah. bit and also but also the same thing I would have to chalk it up to what you're saying is like, she's just kind of on her own Mm -hmm. kick. Like she, she's like, sure, I'll get it. Yeah. It's all, she has an air about her that she does not consider MI6 to be like her home. No, that does not take it very seriously. Yeah. Um, in between all this, we do get some intimations (laughs) that her and James Gascoigne, the guy that we see at the beginning, they were romantically involved yes. at some point. She definitely cares about him. Besides that, the movie kind of makes it out to seem like there is more significance to him, and there's really not. No. Not as far as I can tell. Maybe, I mean, you you watched it again. Did you get anything no. the second time? Okay. Nope. Okay. I thought the same thing, though. They kept returning to him. Yeah. Like, is he going to be the double agent? Is he going to have some sort of, I don't know, 
significance to the list beyond it being in, in that watch, but nothing. Yeah. Nothing and yeah, that. I guess we should comment when she goes to the East, she goes to that watchmaker right. guy. That's who I thought we were um, who, why, why, what does she need with a watch again? He gives her information through watches. Oh, right. So when you right, take right, apart right. the watch and you look at all the fine little, the little cogs, yes, they have uh, letters on them that indicate. Yes. Which is a very secret cool messages. way oh, of yeah. delivering information. That's secretive. Um, and then in between all that, the guy that killed James at the beginning of the movie, Bakhtan, yeah. Bakhtin, um, KGB guy, goes into the watchmaker and he's like, hey, let people know that I'm trying to sell this list. Right. Um, and the watchmaker seems to not work for anybody, just business. Yeah, he's, yeah he seems kind of like he'll take money from anyone. Right. Um. So, yeah, we're back at uh, Charlize at this, uh, or Lorraine at this nightclub where she meets up with Delphine. And pretty quickly they start kissing. Oh, yeah. And then Lorraine is also like, I don't trust you. (laughs) Tell me what's going on. She's like, I'm a French agent. She... Delphine explains that she's like she's new. She's a new French agent. Mm. Uh, she kind of explains to her, "Don't trust David," like that sort of stuff. And then, <laughs> s- sex scene time. <laughs> oh, big time! I wanted to use some sort of uh, segue into segue noise. Um, I'm not gonna really describe the sex scene. No, I it's in it's in the cool neon hotel room, though. No, it's in no? Delphine's apartment. That is also cool and neon. Oh, oh, it's yeah. in a cool neon place. Yeah, it's in like um, this dope like studio apartment. Yeah, yeah. Now I can picture it. Oh yeah. So they bone down. Oh, I'm picturing. Um, because, oh. like, I mean, you know, you gotta do something when you're building. You know what I mean? It's action filled. Really is. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned before, like the transition is wild. Yeah, it goes right <laughs> to town. Um, it's almost hard to tell what's happening that they're oh. having <laughs> sex. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, it's like kind of like a fight. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Um. Although it isn't violent, no, I wouldn't no, no. say. No, but it's intimate. Yeah. Two grown men describing <laughs> some <gay laughs> Yeah, I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's cool. Yeah, everybody, every, everybody got to do it. Exactly. And that's the commando prompt guarantee, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Um, so... You know, through all that, through through all that fucking, uh, <laughs> we go back to David. David, at this point, I forget how he does it, but he managed. Oh wait, no, I do remember, uh, because he um, he sets up a meet with Bakhtin Bakhtan, right? Um, and kills him. Yeah, to and take the watch, takes the list, and reviews the list. Yes. And at this point, we are led to believe that he is Satchel. Well, he sees, th- yes, something on the list that indicates there's a double agent. That Yeah, or that 
he is not all that he appears to be at right. the very least. He's reviewing it. Yeah. To um, do something with it. We get, you know, a couple cute scenes again with, uh, with Lorraine and, and Delphine. Snuggling. They, them. they bone down at least another couple times, which God bless them, baby. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of get like the pivotal scene, or at least like we start getting to the back third of the movie where things start to move pretty quickly. Yeah. Sorry, I had to take a drink of water because this is going to be a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> you know, so their whole game is to get Spyglass across the border into West Berlin. Yes. So that he can defect, so that he can put the list into quote-unquote allied hands. But the key here is that no one knows that Percival or David has the watch yes. but that spyglass claims he's memorized the list right so that spyglass is, still has the information in that's his, his trump card yeah that he's memorized it so he's still useful yes. to david he is no longer useful yes david sets up with uh bremovich to take bakhten out i don't really i, I didn't really understood understand what david's end game was um I think he just didn't want anyone to have the list. Right. Um, but anyway, so, you know, they're in, like, Merkel's kind of cool little underground base <laughs> where they're going over what they're going to do. Um, David pulls the last-minute audible on them that not only are they taking Spyglass across the border, they're also taking his family, yes. which is his wife and kid. Mm -hmm. Daughter, I think. Child. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, Lorraine already not trusting Sp uh, David because Delphine told her not yep. to trust David. Yep. At this point, Lorraine is going into this knowing that David is going to betray her somehow. She just doesn't know how or right. when. Yeah. Um, and we get this really cool scene where, you know, she's like, okay, fine. You know, they start walking out. There is a There's a protest happening, a really cool kind of like this... Really cool helicopter shop of Alexander Platts. Am I saying that correctly? Mm -hmm. Big area with like a bunch of people protesting, you know, the Berlin Wall. Yeah, so throughout the movie... Because it's like the day before, I think. Yeah, uh, like news, like TV stations are constantly on in the movie or radios in the car will be on talking about how protest keeps ramping up on the east and they keep getting closer and closer. The Communist Party, at least in East Berlin, is losing control of the youth who keeps protesting and protesting. So we know that something is swelling, something is generating. And now there's this big protest that they're going to use as a sort of guise or as a sort of cover to take him over the border. Yeah. They're going to go into the protest so yeah. you can't really see him. And Just smart. It's a, it was really it's smart. A, it's a good plan. Yeah. Um, so we have kind of like these cool scenes of like Lorraine and David are kind of running their own individual ops, uh, more or less. Uh, they're kind of running opposed to each other. And both are kind of openly know it at this point. Yeah. But again, both of them don't really know what each other is going to do. Right. Lorraine does this really cool thing. I don't know how the fuck she organizes this, and I wrote it in my notes. She does like a whistle. 
And a bunch of the protesters open up black umbrellas. Right. Because she knows that somewhere David has some sort of, like, sniper. Yeah, that part gets a little... It's (laughs) it's very cool. It is, like, visually cool. I just don't know how you would do it. Yeah, of, like, why. And I actually think she has the guy um, that is her East German contact. I can't think of his name. Merkel? He's the one who whistles, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So she's in cahoots with him to somehow protect her as well. Yes. I don't know why. He he is loyal to Lorraine. Yeah. Um, Lorraine is loyal to Merkel. Right. Um, And again, it looks cool. I just don't know how the fuck you would have organized that. Right. Um, uh, Percival, David, uh, doesn't really care. He just kind of takes out a silence gun and subtly shoots. Really good aim on his part. Oh, yeah. Shoots... um, the fuck is his name spyglass in the stomach while he's like dipping out of the protest he just kind of like makes a left turn and shoots on his way out not a kill shot nope but you know could become a problem pretty quickly yeah she this is when this whirlwind starts oh yeah this action scene is unbelievable this is very cool and very again for so many reasons very raid-esque yes so this starts as soon as they go into this building she takes them into this building basically the clock starts because this is a seven minute one shot scene oh yeah yeah. at least for all intents and purposes it looks like a one, one shot. shot it feels it like might have too. been edited i don't know um but it is this astounding scene and this is the f- i think the first time we see her be lethal oh yeah um she con- she's like stay here she goes up at first there's just and this is what i kind of like about the scene it's not that many guys Mm-mm. it's like in the grand scheme of things at least in this building it's like five yeah um but they're all like you know they're bigger than her they're these big like kgb guys but she's still fucking rex house you know we have these crazy scene where she's coming out of the elevator and just starts just taking it to these first two dudes. Yeah. And it's long. <laughs> it's really and it's back and forth. Yeah. She's getting beat up. She does not really have the upper hand. I mean, again, no. the same the same thing with John Wick. Yes, he is a little bit skilled. A lot of it comes down to just, like, luck and perseverance. Right. Perseverance being the big one. Yeah. Um, she is, like... At certain points, you can almost tell, like, the energy in her is this, like, animal rage. Oh, yeah. At certain points. Mm-hmm. So we get this just, like, incredible. If you've never seen this movie, I would, I, and for some reason you've listened up to this point, just stop and <laughs> just go watch the movie watch, and just yes. experience this Especially, seven minute yeah, scene. Before any twists or turns. Yeah, because we're about to get into it. But, no, this action, again, it takes place in an apartment complex. So there's the classic sort of fight scenes on the stairs of this apartment complex that, again, makes it feel like Raid, where there's a lot of, like, elements of stairs and structure and dingy and using the apartment around you to fight with. Yeah. And after taking out, uh, I guess, the first three or four guys... Um, where they finally sort of, she battles that last guy in the oh apartment. My God. 
And you're talking about, it's just this, again, this human feeling of like, what would it really be like to beat somebody to death? They're literally exhausted. They're just like trying to beat each other. Spitting on each other. Trying, like falling down, swinging, missing. Like, what would that be? Like, it felt so slow and realistic of like, just animalistic finishing of somebody's life yeah the move yeah the movement is not fast no it is deliberate she is not some superhero person she's a person that is obviously good at defending herself mm, but she's got like this guy's probably got a hundred pounds on her oh my god yeah especially the last dude for yeah, sure yeah um and uh throughout this movie you would almost be like so this like you would almost be like incredulous to think like this is coming from the guy that directed John Wick because right. up until that point the action scenes are you know they're 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 brutal but it's not until this where he just is like this is why I'm good at this right. stuff yeah it and is cool it's it, well worth the wait yeah it really does come through <laughs> yeah it's very cool um she's able to rush poor spyglass out into a car yep gets into a car um, they are unfortunately like pushed into the uh, a river, um, and unfortunately, I wrote in my notes like after all this, like Spyglass drowns. Yeah, it's intense. She like, is for some reason did. able to hold her breath forever. Yeah, it's a long time. And yeah, like got chased, like ran off the road, pushed into the river. Um, holds her breath, and then just to come up, like, without, I don't know, in my mind, thinking that someone's going to be at the top waiting to shoot you. Yeah. So she's got a lot that she's working on, trying to get Spyglass out of the car. He can't get out. He slowly drowns. Yeah. She gets out. She knows at this point she's, like, burned. She doesn't know who. But somehow. She obviously knows, like, David is behind some of it. Yeah. Um... Merkel is able to, like, get her back across the border uh, by hiding her in the trunk of her car. Um, and he's, he's dressed up as, like, a politician. Yeah. And they just, like, kind of let her go by. Yeah. I liked that little moment. I it's thought that cute. was nice. There's, a, there's some fun comedy in yeah. it. Yeah. I thought, like, Merkel is the secret best character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of the movie. Um, there's a couple of really cool shots of Charlie's overturning her hotel room mm-hmm. with uh their the news of the berlin wall falling yeah at the same time um i thought that was really cool and also because she's recollecting when david said to her if i really wanted to follow you would never you know. Would know so and she's trying to figure it out so she knows she's somehow being spied on yeah and again with the wall being turned over so much of just like this movie is obviously following the wall falling down. Yeah. Coming down, not falling down. Yeah. And it is really cool. Um, I don't know. Action on top of action and political action on political top of yeah, action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, she eventually finds the, the device recording her in the collar of her jacket. Yeah. Which how he had, oh wait, no, they he do takes explain. It. Yeah, 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 he yeah. takes it. So jacket. when they very first meet, he said, I'll take your jacket. Yep, 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 yep. And at some time, he puts something up there. And then he also, he wears a cast the entire film. And he yes. has a recording device in his cast as well. It shows later. Yes. 
Yes. Um, we see at this point, um, Lorraine is worried about Delphine, uh-huh. so she tries to rush over to her apartment. At this point, uh, David is already there and like trying to strangle her. Yeah, I, I think he's just trying to get rid of any and all people he has had contact with yeah, in Berlin. Connection with. Yeah. Um, again, I don't entirely know why. I, I think, think at this point he's just really paranoid. He's paranoid, and it, it feeds into his character of like. You think he's the villain. Right. But also, w- wasn't she working with him as well to kind of screw over Lorraine? Delphine? Yeah, because I thought... I mean, like, reluctantly. What are you trying to say about Delphine? Oh, boy. Hold on. <laughs> I might have misread something. <laughs> I have a little side note I want to get at about modern movies. Sure, go for it. Why can't I hear any dialogue? Uh. <laughs> Like, I can't hear what's going on. So because be you're honest, not watching movies with the subtitles on. Well, my particular service that I access movies through doesn't always have subtitles. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha, you yeah. always watch movies with subtitles. I have since college. Is it a modern thing that we can't hear dialogue? It's muffled behind, like, ambient sound? Even in high school, I started putting on subtitles because like sometimes i felt like i wasn't entirely comprehending everything and if i I felt like if i read it i could get it more i'm happy with uh, subtitles yeah just and then and then in college i was really good friends with a guy who was hard of hearing so he always had subtitles Uh, on so i just got used to it i thought this was like a new thing movies were doing where it's muffled at (laughs) least in my sound system it sounds like no i i don't blame you there's a lot of movies that i watch without subtitles i'm like what did they say well i'm blaming you on that i thought delphine was doing some sort of double agent shit herself no but i think it's just now she really was loyal to lorraine i literally watched this movie like turned up as loud as i could trying to understand the dialogue i couldn't far as i know she was loyal to lorraine uh, and she did have some dirt on David, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's as bad as what ends up happening. Right. I'm just trying to figure out like why he was killing her. But. And Delphine almost survives. She manages to stab oh, him. so close. In the tummy yep. and in the back. In the back, yeah. So really fucking Again, wild slow, scene where slow he's like trying to scene. pull the, yeah, the knife out of his back. Yeah. Um, man, she almost had him. Yeah. It was a bummer. And Lorraine shows up just moments after she dies. I know. It's so sad. Um, You know, uh, we're cut to... He's having, like, this monologue where we don't know why he's, like, talking. um, uh, But, like, you see him in the alley, like, shot in the stomach, and it, like, keeps cutting back and forth between him talking. You realize that... The reason why he was shot is because Lorraine, obviously, yes. is not a big shocker there. Um, and uh, she kind of goes, she's like, everybody's going to know that you're Satchel. So we're led to believe that he is Satchel. It cuts back to the interrogation scene. Right. She's like, yeah, he was Satchel, blah, 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 blah. She kind of goes on her merry way. It cuts. I forget. What? But what does he yell? Doesn't he yell? Oh, I fucking love Berlin. Why? Before she shoots him. He goes on this weird monologue. And then it ends with that. Yep. Why? It's just, again, some parts of this movie, I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's 
like it's I a don't. Fun movie. It is a fun movie. It's fun. It does have some cool, like, critical things to it, but a lot of it is kind of just like you know, empty your head. Yeah, I would say some of the dialogue's a little lacking. Um. So she, we're supposed to believe that this dude is Satchel. It cuts a couple months or weeks later. She's in where the fuck is she? She's in like what? Ah, uh, Patty. Patty. Um. She is with Bramovich. Yep, speaking Russian. Speaking Russian. So we are then again led to believe that she is Satchel. Well, which he says, comrade. Which Satchel. she is. Yeah. She is Satchel. She turns but out to be Satchel. It's not. What you think? Entirely what you think it is. Not yet. He's going to kill her. Why? Uh, just to clean up. Again, it's to just, clean, it yeah, feels to clean like up. the same way that Dave and is he, killing everybody. And he thinks he's so cool because he's yeah. got like these people coming in. They basically look like they're professional photographers yep, yep. about to kill her. She's dope as hell and has a gun stash in the like ice tray. Yep. Pulls it out, kills everyone. Her voice shifts from Russian mm. to American. To an American accent. And she says, I just want my life back. Yep. The final scene is she's getting onto a plane with none other than John Goodman's character. Mm-hmm. And we find out that not only is she a double agent, she is a triple agent. Yep. And that she was working for the, the CIA this whole time. The good old USA the whole time. I didn't really It was like a little that. goofy. I was like, come on. Little goofy. It's it's cool because in all of the, the flashbacks slash flash forwards where she's meeting with the CIA and, yeah. the, and the British worm guy, um... <laughs> John Goodman's there, and she obviously has like nothing but absolute disdain for him. Yeah, like, but she knows him. But you don't know till the end that she's been working with him the whole time, and it's kind of cool in that way. And there's a there's a, a funny little scene where under her breath at the beginning of the movie where she calls him a cocksucker. Yep. And then in the plane at the end of the movie, he goes, cocksucker? Really? really? Yeah, really. And I thought that was kind it's of... It's cute. That it's was all right. But, but, yeah, but yeah, there's something about it being... T- do you not like that it's so many layers of agent? Or the fact that it was the U.S. the whole time? It, both, Yeah, I think. U.S. saves the day for, for East and West Berlin. I don't even know if they save the day. Well, they protect their ass, I guess. As uh, double yeah, I guess. I think, you know me, I love spy fiction. Yeah. I don't like it when it just keeps on like layering in. Right. And it's like, this person was an agent for this. This person is an agent right. for this. It just, it's, it... It I, feels lazy. Yeah. I wanted her to somehow, and this makes no sense politically, but to somehow be just working for herself. For herself. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. But what does that mean? Like, how do you just work for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you get paid to sell the list to somebody else. A There's government. a lot of red herrings in this movie. Yeah. And it. <laughs> but I wanted it to just be like, she was just a badass for her, not yeah. for John Goodman, as much as I love John Goodman. Apparently, that's supposed to lead into the second movie, gotcha. which we'll see, I guess, if that ever comes out. Oh, that'd be, I would be interested. I would be shocked if it doesn't. 
Oh yeah, Charlize Theron seems to be really interested in she doing seems to love action movies, and particularly this project. Yeah, she's in another really good action movie called Old Guard, which I'm sure we'll get to at uh, some point. But that movie is fucking excellent. Um, and this movie I really like, despite like the ending and like kind of the dumb little I don't know the uh, distractions. I guess. Yeah. I thought it was a, it was, like we've said, a fun movie. I, I watched it two nights in a row. <laughs> yep. I really, I just, I feel like with comedy and action, you're not allowed to make like a fun movie anymore. Comedies can't be dumb. You can't have like a dumb and dumber again. Yeah. I, it's an action can't be like smart. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it was a fun action movie. And I thought it. there are definitely smart parts to it. Yes. Like, I love the layering, like you said before, of all the little uh, news clippings yeah, and cool. things like that. I thought that was, like, a nice little touch. And to showcase a city that I think has just been... Had a very, very profound effect on so many subcultures of punk, of music, of rave culture, of, of youth angst. It's cool to showcase a city like Berlin, and I think it was just a fun time... <laughs> yeah you know and then also like just like the political complexity of a ostensibly mi6 operative in a foreign city yeah working for the mi6 in a city that is divided between communism and Mm -hmm. germany yeah like it is it is interesting and it is layered but yeah there is there's a couple things that you know uh leave leave some things to be desired sure and maybe that's what atomic blonde 2 is for yeah good movie and good movie and, and i can't wait till we get to bullet train because i think you'll have a really fun time yeah that, that looks one. cool it's really really good um what was your favorite part of the movie uh it's hard not to say the action scene I in know. the apartment complex I know. um i also just liked any bit of, I mean, as much as Charlize Thur- Theron, Theron, Harry Theron. I name? keep bouncing back between um, the two. Like, as much as she is the front and center element of the whole film, I do like seeing any bit of, like, the, the gritty Berlin characters. Um, the movie had a really good sense of place. Yeah, the, the, the whole sort of set, whether it's the city itself or whatever, I yeah. thought was really cool just to see. So, like, one particular part of the movie, I don't know, but I liked I liked the vibe. Would it be really cool of me if I said my favorite part was the bone-down scene? That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wanted to say it, but... I, I it's not... That's not my favorite <laughs> part. Um, it really is hard to say not that scene, that that the action scene at the end. It is... It's really It's so cool. mesmerizing. It's really cool. Um... Yeah, good movie. Yeah. I'm I'm glad we got to watch it. It was awesome. And from here, we are giving giving you little fuckers some structure, some themes. Some themes. We're going to do so we're going to do two Zombo movies. That would be awesome. And the first one is uh Resident Evil Welcome to uh Raccoon City. And this I, you have seen? Yes, which I know has technically been critically panned but i do think it's actually pretty good hey i know nothing i'm gonna go in blind check it out i liked it a lot do you have any exposure to resident evil at all the games did you play any of them 
as a kid, whatever that means, you know, when you get like a demo disc for PS1. Oh, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I had Resident Evil 2 or something on a demo disc. Yeah. So did I play it? Sounds eh. like no. <laughs> I turned it on and I probably jammed a couple of controls. I, I know that's like classically talked about how terrible the controls were and i can you name me a character from resident evil yeah raccoon <laughs> you know <laughs> there's raccoon you said that real fast there's um falcon 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 punch yeah falcon. Uh-huh. mario's in it mario's in it <laughs> yep yep that's it no yeah. i know nothing yeah don't look up anything that's no. all right um Nope. Yeah, so that's what we're going to next. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fun ride. Um, and yeah, um, we do uh, have a, when you, you're not going to, I guess this doesn't matter now, but we're going to be doing uh, like polls uh, on Spotify for like, if you want to choose what our, you know, next monthly theme is going to be and stuff like that. Tell so us what just to be on the lookout for that. Yep. All right. Uh, I still don't really know how to log these off, uh, but I love you. Hopefully you're being good so you get presents this Christmas. Yes. Christmas um, is coming up. It is coming up. <laughs> Countdown, baby. Uh, <laughs> ho, ho, ho. We love you. Good night. Love you.